<laughs> okay. It takes a second to resume selected, ladies and gentlemen. Why so late? Because YouTube videos, okay? They're important. You want them. You watch them. They're probably why you're here. Welcome to the WAN Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for y'all today. And you know how you know it's going to be fantastic? Look at the image quality of this oh guy. That's right. Luke finally took the camera that he has owned all <laughs> this time and pointed it at his face instead of using a Garbo trash one. Great job. Great That's job, insane. Luke. This and thing has been retired. See you later. And I've got some other good news. Um, now, the video title says, my phone number was leaked. But it yes. doesn't, strictly speaking, say to who... Doesn't, strictly speaking, say who <laughs> me is. In this case, yes. me is Luke. I yep. actually did manage to dodge the bullet here, but Luke did not. So he, along with 533 other million people, had his user information leaked by Facebook. In other big important news, Intel is already dropping prices on their Rocket Lake CPUs. Ruh-roh, what else we got today, Luke? There's some Pixel Watch leaks, which is, uh, which is interesting. And LG... Is it interesting, RIP. Luke? Luke, is uh, it know, interesting? Do you care? You Are you interested? Care. Because I don't know if I'm interested. I haven't seen the leak yet. I guess that'll determine about whether or not I'm interested. But something I am not interested in is that LG is out of the phone business. Well, you're not interested in that? Are you Are drinking you? the haterade on LG's contributions to the mobile phone space, Luke? Lately, yes. Long term, no, they, they added some cool stuff. Weren't they the first one to have the back... The I believe the they were. Yes, I that do. was actually super cool. I was a very early adopter of that. I loved that. I love it now. I love it then. But they, uh, I don't remember the last time they did something that I thought was actually cool. It's been a long time. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit more after we roll that intro. The show is brought to you today by sponsors. Check that real quick. One moment, please. Cloud Linux, Seasonic, and private internet access. That's right. You got to access that internet from your privates. Wait, no, that's not. That's not. Uh, okay. Moving on to our first topic, our headline topic. 533 yes. million Facebook user records were leaked. And this is in the headline. I don't know who created this topic this week, but they put this in the headline. Leaked for free. So, well, see, Luke, usually when user data leaks, everyone has yeah. to pay for it like a vending machine. It... Well, well, no, but okay, Luke, <laughs> give, us some, give us some hacker culture sort of context for why it's notable that this information leaked for free. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty common that if you get a giant data set like this, especially with the the girth that this data set has, that you might try to put it up for auction or, or something like that. You might try to sell it uh, dark web style, get some Bitcoin or something for it. Um, so it is a little bit surprising. It's not crazy surprising uh, just because there is a lot of leaks that just get dumped on the Internet. Um, it's a little bit surprising because of just 
how much data is here. 533 million Facebook user records is, is a lot. Um, it's yeah. not, it's not credit card info or anything like that. It's mostly name and phone number as far as my understanding goes. Um, I guess, uh, full names, locations, phone numbers, birthdays, email addresses, and relationship statuses. For some people that stuff's a little bit more public for some people. It's not, um, it's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a little bit surprising that it immediately went out for free. But And the thing know. too, the thing to remember is that even though unlike credit card information, which obviously no hacking group is going to leak for nothing, yeah. um, in those yeah. cases, you would be expected. In fact, you probably wouldn't even be able to pay for the whole data set. They would probably take chunks and auction them they off a little bit at a time, try to build some momentum around it because once the first chunk goes and it's confirmed, hey, this is like the good. It, the other ones would start to go up in price as they realize, you know, what a what a treasure trove it is, right? So that's that's a bit of a different situation. Um, but this still has information that could yes. be extremely problematic because remember, guys, one of the main reasons that people will steal your mail, for example, it's not because they want your bills so bad. They want to pay that cable bill, Luke. Luke. Hey, Luke, after stream, That'd be great. Can, yeah. can I pay your cable bill for you? Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, unfortunately, I do have to tell you, I don't have one. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you cord cutting tonight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, my goodness. <laughs> nobody steals your mail because they want to pay your bills or honestly even read like postcards that people wrote to you because they don't know what year it is. Um, Really what it's about is stealing information that they can use to assume your identity and yes. take out new credit cards or in some cases even much more substantial things like mortgages in your name. And in a lot of cases, having information like your phone number can enable certain attacks like SIM swapping, for example, where they try to get a SIM issued to them, to their person but in your name and under your account using social engineering, uh, having information like a birthday uh, or a relationship status, that could tell them a lot about what they need to know to start digging into what kind of uh, pins you might use for products. Or, or even services. just basic social engineering. Like there's, yep. there's a lot of phone operators or in-store operators that don't want the confrontation of being like, you are not the person you're saying you are. Yeah. So if you can give them basically anything, they'll just fold, um, which is which is the whole idea behind social engineering. So and having any of that information can help. Once you're validated with a, with a phone operator, whether it's with a, a mobile phone provider or a bank or whatever else the case may be, in a lot of cases, they can do almost anything. Like, for example, when you're setting a new PIN for your bank card, uh, once they're validated with you, it's not like they can set the PIN for you, but they have the authorization to put you into the automated system where you set your new PIN. And if people have things like your name, location, phone number, and birthday, all of a sudden they know where to steal documents and additional records from. They have enough basic information that they could kind of flub their way through pretending to be you and it opens up the opportunity for folks who are professionals at this stuff 
to attack you in a variety of ways. So even though this wasn't like an outright, you know, financial information leak, it is still an extremely dangerous one. Now, what didn't leak was passwords. So thankfully, nobody has your Facebook password because you're a big dum-dum and you use your Facebook password for everything. Uh, so that's good. No financial info, no health info. By the way, I'm just kidding. I know you guys are not dum-dums who use the same passwords for things. I just mean people who do. And not everyone had all of these parameters leaked. So Facebook says the data was obtained during a breach in 2019. They said this is old data. It was previously reported on in 2019. We found and fixed the issue in August of 2019. And the hackers were scraping profiles using a vulnerability in the platform's tool for syncing contacts. Facebook has not notified the affected users, which I think is really interesting. That's garbage. And yeah. does not plan to. And their rationale, oh, this is great. I actually am just Stupid. getting to this point in the, uh, in the yeah. doc where I had already <sighs> gone through all the terrible things that you can do with this information. <laughs> yeah. Facebook's rationale is, one, you can't do anything with that information. And two, that data is publicly available. Okay, I got information for you, Facebook. Uh, one, you can do tons of stuff with that information, as I already outlined. And number two, not all that data is publicly available. Your Not website has these things called privacy settings. They're pretty neat. You might want to go check them out and see what they do sometimes. It's your own like, website. I know in your in your view, nobody should enable any privacy settings. But, <laughs> but some people of, do. Lots of people do. And this is crazy. You're not going to believe this. They do it for a reason. <laughs> Whoa. It's because, wait, hold on. They don't want that information to be publicly available. It's pretty bonkers. Right? Can you imagine? I can't imagine. I mean, my info's out there, right? My info's public. They're right. <laughs> now, even if this happened in August 2019, Facebook was supposed to report it to the FTC as per their July 2020 settlement. And... Um, <clears throat> I, I guess they just thought that didn't really matter because they have enough billions of dollars that whatever fine they could possibly get and however many people could possibly, you know, unsubscribe from their service and just delete their profiles off Facebook couldn't possibly affect them. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. People just seem to be numb to these kinds of data leaks now. Like it just doesn't seem to... I mean, we even see it when we try to report on this stuff. We... Yeah. The reason that this video has such a has such a click, I'm not going to call it clickbait because it's true. I didn't bait you. Um, the title is what, what's what's the title of this video? Uh, my phone number leaked. Thanks Facebook. So, if you look at the thumbnail, my could be me, it could be Luke. In this case, it was Luke. Luke's phone number did leak, and thanks a lot Facebook. So I won't call it clickbait, but it's definitely a clicky title. And the reason that I did that is because if I put big data leak watch out in the video title or if i put i was gonna care <laughs> if i put yeah protect your online privacy i might as well i i might as well just put please don't watch this honestly no if i put please don't watch this video in the title it of the video really well it would perform better than if i put anything about data breaches or online safety or and security because people just seem to <laughs> not care and i don't 
I don't understand why they don't care, um, but they don't at all. And like this leak is absolutely wild. It's enormous. It's affected so many people that I know personally already, like 533 million. Guys, let's not be, let's not be numb to how big a number that is. 533 million is a lot more than a typical data leak. That's It's like one ninth of the, hold on, let me do the map, like one twentieth of the planet or something stupid like that, one eighteenth, whatever it works out to. How many billions of people live on Earth now? Is it seven or eight? Uh, I thought it was eight, but... So it's like a fourteenth or a sixteenth, some, somewhere in that neighborhood. 7.674. All right, so I'm in good shape. Seven in the there. middle, yep. All right. Um, in other less horrible news, sort of, unless you're Intel, uh, Intel is already dropping prices for their Rocket Lake womp processors. Womp. This is a bit of a, a, a womp womp moment. And this is in spite of the fact that AMD can't even manage to keep their top tier processors that Rocket Lake was supposedly supposed to compete with in stock. So let's let's just validate that real quick because AMD has actually been improving CPU availability over the last little while. You can tell really our barometer is usually what it's going for used on eBay. Like that tells you how far out of whack supply and demand are. Now 5900Xs, those are still hard to come by unless you participated in the verified actual gamer program drop that we did yesterday. 300 of those went to verified actual gamers over the course of the hour after the video launched. So that was incredible. Uh, 5950 is not a thing, basically. And 5800X is actually on promo. So this might explain why Intel is in dire straits here. Because while AMD can't make enough of their 12-core and 16-core models, they're actually not having trouble keeping up with demand for their uh, 8-core and six core models, which is exactly what Intel is up against because they have managed to top out at eight rather than 10 cores on their 11th gen Rocket Lake processors compared to their 10th gen processors. So the 11700K has already been dropped from $420 to 405. The, did I say 11700K? I hope I did because I meant I think so. And the 10700K is down almost $100 to 317. You know what's interesting, though, is because the 10700K and 11700K are so similar in terms of gaming performance, the 10700K with, like, a budget motherboard is kind of a killer value. Like, Luke, hold on just a minute here. Did Intel just become the, like, bang-for-the-buck budget chip maker? That would be a really spicy video to make, not gonna lie. I know, right? We should totally... Oh, wow. You'd get some, you'd get some reactions from that. We <laughs> like, should totally oh my. do it. Intel... If you want to talk about bait titles like that. <laughs> Intel is the budget king. AMD overcharges. Or whatever. Oh I'll, I'll come up with a better title than that. But like, yeah. how, the, how the turns have tabled. <laughs> and the thing is, unless you need PCI Express Gen 4... 11th gen offers basically nothing over 10th gen. With that said, I am 
Oh man. If you're I, going if you're going for a budget processor, you probably don't need PCIe Gen 4. Well, okay, hold on a second, Luke, because the thing is that even a 10700K, it's a $317 processor. Okay. I mean, we're talking true. you're building a computer that's like a thousand US dollars at that point, at minimum. And that's even if graphics cards aren't insane. So that's not that's not budget. To me, budget is you're looking at Yeah, but for what, like, what card are you gonna get in that range that needs PCIe 4? Okay, but that's not the question. See, this is why. No, that was a question. No, 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 no. That's not the question because because no graphics card, even an RTX like RTX thirty ninety. Okay, no graphics card requires PCI Express Gen four. Okay, I see, I see, I see. But but here's where the question gets a little spicier for me: direct storage. Okay. Because that's the one application where all of a sudden I could go, holy crap, I just went, I spent $317 on a processor, I just got a whole rig upgrade, oh no, there's a new game that came out, it supports direct storage, direct storage is amazing in some way, like it cuts your, it cuts your loading times down to a fraction, or, or Microsoft manages to implement that crazy balls amazing tech that sony was talking about where their ssd was so fast that it managed to stream textures off the ssd instead of using gpu memory like if that kind of technology happens and you do not have a high performance m.2 ssd on a pci express gen 4 slot you will not be participating and you will not be able to simply upgrade your ssd yeah Unless, I mean, you do have options. Actually, man. And to be clear, I'm not saying that will happen. The chances that that happens, I think, are actually pretty slim, especially because we've already seen that, uh, then again, the games haven't really been built ground up for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, so we don't actually know. But so far, it looks like loading times in particular are not affected that much compared to pc even if you're running on a sata ssd so i don't know sorry go ahead i know you did caveat this but it it usually takes like a couple of years for for console improvements to actually hit it does but remember too i i hate to use the f word right i hate to use the f word but when we're talking about future proofing your rig okay I don't like buying stuff that I know has a solid chance of being obsolete. Now you can hedge your bets. It won't be obsolete though. You can hedge your bets. You could buy a motherboard that you know has PCI Express Gen 4 support and you could go, okay, well, screw it. I'll pick up a secondhand Rocket Lake in a few years down the road and I'll swap out my CPU if I really need Gen 4. And I think there's an opportunity if this takes off for an SSD manufacturer that's really savvy to kind of run out and build a PCI Express Gen 3 8X card, which would have exactly the same bandwidth as an M.2 running Gen 4 at 4X, right? Because it's double going from PCI Gen 3 to Gen 4. And then if you have double the number of lanes on Gen 3, that's the same bandwidth as half the number of lanes on Gen 4. So if someone went and built like an 8X interface Gen 3 card, that matched that kind of performance. And you could just plug that into your second 16X slot, which would then be running at 8X slot directly off the CPU. That would solve the problem. Um, So clearly we have a workaround. And if this actually ends up being a problem, someone will solve it. So you know what? I can say confidently, go ahead. (laughs) Go 10th gen. (laughs) 
I talked myself out of the one reason to go Rocket Lake is that it has PCI Express Gen 4 and it has four more lanes that go straight to the primary M.2 slot instead of running all the lanes either to the 16x uh, graphics card slot or through the chipset. Okay, um, in other related news, third gen Xeon Ice Lake on 10 nanometer is much better than second gen, um, but not enough to catch AMD. So they've got a 40 core 8380 platinum processor that manages all cores running at three gigahertz. Dang, that would be really impressive if AMD hadn't already crapped all over it. <laughs> it has a 270 watt TDP, which is not especially impressive. Eight, eight channel DDR4 3200 DRAM support and an eye-watering $8,099 price. Now, hold on just a gosh darn moment here because in a vacuum, that's impressive. But Luke, run us through the specs of what AMD's competing Epic 7763 had. Come on, run us through them. 64 cores, oh, 128 oh, oh, threads, oh, oh. 2.4 gigahertz ah. base, oh. 3.5 gigahertz turbo, oh. all core, 3.2 gigahertz. That's probably the one that matters more than the oh. 256 megabytes L3 oh. cache. Ouch. Does got a little bit higher, but... Doesn't really matter, I don't think, too much in this scenario. 280 watt TDP. Okay. All right. And it's cheaper. Oh, oh, that's the final nail, Luke. <laughs> that's the last one. <laughs> that's the final nail, Luke. Now, it's kind of rough because they got to know, like, if they're releasing this now, like, they must see that spec sheet, right? How right. do you release that more expensive? But I guess gotta, availability. You got to remember, right? Like, even Rocket Lake, uh, this showed up in, I think it was an AMA. Rocket Lake, Greenlit, when when did this bloody thing? Yes, okay, so Rocket Lake, and this is desktop, which tends to have a bit of a faster uh, product cycle than Enterprise. It was Greenlit back when, uh, months prior to rival AMD starting to move to its seven nanometer manufacturing process with the Ryzen 3000 chips. Okay, so that's, the kind of timescale that CPU manufacturers are working on, guys. So right, Intel, Intel, Intel basically greenlit these project, projects when they didn't know that they were going to be going up against a truly resurgent AMD. Like if I was Intel and I didn't know any better, right? I would yeah. look at AMD's first generation Ryzen and go, okay, yeah, we're going to have to like maybe it's make a some for now. But... Yeah. We're gonna have we to make some processors with more cores or whatever, but they are so, so far off the kinds of clock speeds we can hit and so far off the IPC that even if they get the same kind of generational improvements that we get, they are many years away from competing with even what we have today legitimately, like beating it. The problem is that Intel was coming at this from the attitude of that, you know, four to nine percent performance improvements every couple of years were normal. AMD made a new normal. AMD made a normal where each generation of new processor makes you feel like a crappy, you know, pleb for having the old one. And I love it that way. It's fantastic. Getting it's more ac fun. getting actual upgrades. It's amazing. And then they went and made it so you could just plonk them onto your old motherboard and flip your old one on eBay. It's good stuff. It's great for consumers. 
It's oh, not, it feels a little bit more like the old days. Yeah, it does feel more like the old days. It's not great for Intel because they're running around green lighting processors thinking they don't have any competition. And by the time they come to market, it's like, now, to be clear, it's not like Intel is in some kind of dire straits here. They have so much cash in the bank, so much R&D muscle. I absolutely love the new hiring decisions that they are making lately, or rather old hiring decisions. Go, going back, Going back to the basics. Put the engineers in charge. I freaking love the new direction over there. Just guys, yeah. you gotta you gotta think. Okay, if Rocket Lake is coming out now, okay, and was greenlit then, if they just put a new team in place now, we're not gonna see the fruits of this labor for another two to three years if we are lucky. And I don't think that's going to be a huge problem for them because at the end of the day, what Intel has is fab capacity. So even though AMD Epic has been absolutely stomping all over Intel in terms of performance for the last at least year, and they've been very competitive for a couple years, and it's only going to get worse from here on out, they just do not have the production capacity to serve that market. It's not even close. Like I think Intel's market share is still over 80% in the server and enterprise space. Like it's just, it's not even... It's not even close. Um, so Intel has time, but good on AMD for putting the gears to them and just <laughs> coming out with such a one-sided... Do you, do, you think, <laughs> do you think they might still be able to move these a bit because of availability? And like, like a lot of, yeah, a lot of enterprise places, they're going to have to buy huge amounts of these Absolutely. Things. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah they, they're not going to have a choice. So for Intel's customers, who are Intel's customers, whether they like it or not, because Intel has stock and AMD doesn't, for Intel's customers, there is a huge benefit to releasing these products. Now, all of a sudden, they can get closer to what they could have gotten with AMD, and that's better than not being closer. So it's not like they shouldn't release these products. I'm not saying they shouldn't have greenlit them. I'm just saying that it's not that they release a non-competitive product because they're stupid dummies. They just yeah. do it because they greenlit the product without the knowledge that we have today. What were they going to do with it now? Not try to sell it? Like they might as well. They they know there's some availability issues on the other side. They might they know they might get some big contracts just because those people need processors. It doesn't necessarily matter that it's like more expensive and worse. It's just, <laughs> they need they need the stuff, man. They need exactly. to build and, some servers. I mean, the thing is, here's actually this this is this is great. This is an example of something similar, but this time in the YouTube space. I'm going to go ahead and pop on my display capture over here. So I did a quick YouTube search for Walmart gaming PC. Okay, so the top hit is us. We got 12 million views on that video. That's absolutely incredible. It was a lot, a lot of fun because the thing was so bad. Um, but we wanted to do a follow-up building a DIY gaming PC at Walmart. So I greenlit this project. Building a gaming PC at Walmart? What? Uh, knowing that we were going to be at a bit of a disadvantage making this video because we can't physically go to a U.S. Walmart where they actually do stock some computer hardware. And, um, you know, because of COVID, it was going to take a long time to get everything, you know, through customs and shipped. But I didn't think that I was under any kind of pressure to make the video in a timely manner. So we greenlit it. We got all the parts. They arrived and... I went and looked at Austin's channel and realized, oh no, not only did Austin just do this concept 
so this is before we filmed it, we realized. So it's about two to three weeks before this. So it had just come out a few weeks ago. So we look and we go, not only has Austin done this concept, but he just did it weeks ago and frankly did a way better job than us. Now what my, do we my do? My favorite thing about this, which I realized yeah. right before you said it, because I was trying to find what you're talking about. Because again, we talked, was it before the stream, about how I can't see what you're talking about yeah. live. So I'm trying to search it and I find Austin's video, but I hear you say the title. I was like, this is the same thing. And then I found yours and I was like, uh, <laughs> the ellipses are just moved and everything else is the same. So by the time we knew, at, by, at the time we were filming, we knew that we were going to be effectively copying his video, but we didn't copy it. We had the idea to do a follow-up on Walmart gaming PCs where you build it yourself independently. We just happened to execute on it slower than him and worse due to circumstances beyond our control, like that we are not American and cannot go to a U.S. Walmart. And so we made the decision that rather than launching nothing and getting, you know, zero engagement with our audience, we are going to launch something and yeah, we're not going to get as many views as our bitter rival, Austin Evans. But we're going to get... Austin the Boston Evans. Some. We're going to try and find some ways that we can, you know, add our voice to this conversation and put our own unique spin on it and uh, move, on to, move on to the next project. And so that's pretty much what Intel is doing here. They are realizing in the lead up to launching this product that they are not even close to competitive but making the decision to go ahead knowing that they're better off launching something than launching nothing. That's that happened, the bottom line. That happened to me, uh, sort of, almost, similar. I didn't know it was, uh, I didn't know his video was, his video dropped after we had already filmed it, but the networking vault wall video with Jay's Two Cents back in the day, do you remember that? I do Jay remember that. Jay was super that. cool about it. I remember Jay's audience was like ripping us apart and Jay was like, whoa, guys. Relax. So for history, uh, Luke did a video on making your own like network gear wall. Uh, I'll see if I can find it here real quick. Yeah, this is yeah, back well, when I we had titles that were easy yeah. to find. Uh, <laughs> oh, and that's back when you could put the word ghetto in a YouTube video title. And um, hmm, I should probably just change that title. So anyway, uh, DIY networking wall, a renter solution. Luke basically mounts all the network gear to the wall and kind of cable manages it in like six minutes because that's all the time we had left. And the comment section of this video, like Luke got absolutely torn apart for ripping off jay's idea okay he ripped it off and meanwhile jay's like guys people come Relax. up with the same idea all the time and so a and b it's not like i invented this idea and we've seen the same stupid stuff on just i mean just about any video that multiple youtubers make in the tech space like no one seems to care that everyone and their dog does a video you know, uh, hydro dipping something within the same week, like in the, um, you know, in the, you know, comedy or like vlogger type of space. But for whatever reason in the tech space, if two people do a video about the same topic, it's like, oh, copied, oh, copied. Um, I, I mean, another perfect example is like building a PC with your kid. I got so yeah. many comments that I was like ripping off Jay's two cents idea. I'm a, I'm gonna give you guys a newsflash. Back then, five years ago and today, 
I don't watch Jay's videos. I, I like I don't need Jay to keep me up to speed on tech. Like I'm on the same briefings as him <laughs> like most of the time, right? Like I, I, it's just not necessary for me. I didn't know he had made a network wall video. I didn't know he had done a build with his daughter. And especially the like DIYing something with your kid and uploading it to YouTube genre. Um, newsflash, not invented by me, not invented by him <laughs> at all. Like that's not, that ain't a new thing. So no, I, I, uh, some some additional weird uh, behind the scenes for that video. Yeah. Do you remember the conditions that that video was filmed under? I think it was extremely time limited, but I don't uh, remember anything other than that. I know that that I know that the reason you needed a renter's solution to mount your networking crap to the wall is because you were renting from me, and I yeah. wouldn't let you mount anything to the wall. Is that yeah. what you're asking me? <laughs> No, no, it wasn't actually, but that's oh. a fun little anecdote as well. Is yeah, the whole renter's solution idea, just in case you don't watch the video, uh, is that I mount I mount it all to like a wooden board that I could put against the wall without scrolling the board into the wall. Scrolling, uh, screwing the board into the wall because Linus wouldn't, wouldn't let me, but I still wanted to wall mount everything. Uh, but that was after we did the, oh, what was it even called? It was like the gamers versus pros vessel thing. The hockey video oh like nerd sports nerd sports that that was the night of the nerd sports hockey video and i don't know if you remember but that got super delayed we were there like way too late yes um and i was Keep supposed to film this before i flew to switzerland right so i had to get it done like there was no question so brandon and i are filming this Another weird little tidbit about that video yeah. is that my my like socks didn't fit or something. So the laces on my, do you remember this part? <laughs> the laces on my ice skates had like, oh my goodness, you found it. Oh, I guess it's on Channel Superfun now, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if this gets detailed in the video, but the laces on my ice skates were like carving my skin out. And I had these divots. I still have scars from it even. On my ankles. Oh, uh, <laughs> These videos were amazing. These videos were actually incredible. They could have been so much better. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's A, amazing, and B, tragic how good they are and how much better they should have been. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> we actually look not that bad here, you and me, though. Hold on. Where, where is this? We had a, I should have scored. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Oh. That was a really good pass. I think I didn't see it coming, but I should have. Well, rebound. I didn't pass. I just, I managed to not stuff it. Oh. Home. <laughs> Anyways, I, so my, <laughs> this whole video was filmed yeah. at I think like 11 p.m. to midnight when Brandon and I know that we can't do like retakes of anything because we have, we both have to go catch a plane and <laughs> both of my ankles are like actively bleeding the whole time I'm trying to shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Old LTT was so psycho. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I often ask myself, I'm like, how is it that we have like 50 people working here now and we still make the same number of videos we always did? It's because we pushed it way too hard back then. It was like, kind of nuts. I am not a 20-something anymore. Like, I cannot push the way I used to. And are you even a 20-something anymore? Nope. 
<laughs> and Luke is not a 20 something anymore. Like we can't, we can't do it like we used to. Uh, player 69 was me, BT Nanya. And then I think Luke, you were 59, 57, 57 probably. Yeah. That yeah. makes more sense. Um, yeah. Oh, YouTube. <laughs> uh, Jed calm over on Twitch. is like YouTube sweatshop back in the day. <laughs> No, but really, I think the statute of limitations has probably expired on most of the illegal stuff that we did in the early days of Linus Media Group, so I can start to admit it now, but like, okay, we have come a long way, and we've worked really hard to adhere to all labor code and employment standards. I will... There was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that you you told me, and you... You, I'm sure you told Ed and I'm sure you told Brandon the same kind of stuff and a lot of the other early employees. You told us not to do it, but we just kind of wanted to do it anyways. Like, I can I can think of quite a number of, like the, the original Titan launch, you told me to stop many times. <laughs> stop like, benchmarking. Like, lots of times. <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, no, I want to want to get this done. And I also yeah. had the ability to because I was younger. You just didn't I, sleep. I, just, I can't do that stuff anymore. I can barely go 24 hours now and that was that was like three days or something. But anyways. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah. We should probably get through the sponsors for this. Yeah. Speaking of how we manage to have the income that we need to do everything properly. Hey, it's all, guys, check out our sponsors, all right? Because yeah. it is all thanks to sponsors like these. And also all thanks to the hard work of the people who tried so hard in the early days. So <laughs> our first sponsor today is... Uh, hold on a second. Is this video thing? Okay, it doesn't. Is Cloud Linux. Okay, if your Linux distribution is about to reach end of life or it already has, you got some work to do. Take control of your, oh, dang it. Take control of your video that's 4K for whatever reason, even though I'm going to play it back on WAN show. Whatever, there it is. Take control of your end of life upgrade strategy with extended lifestyle. Life's, I swear, I can do this. All right, we're going back. Extended lifecycle support services from Cloud Linux. The services, give it a rest, Luke. The service is now available for CentOS 6, Oracle Linux 6, and Ubuntu 16.04, extending the life of those versions four years after the EOL date. Extended lifecycle support includes updates and security patches for all packages of the OS, doesn't affect any of your currently running infrastructures, is affordably priced, and doesn't require a minimum subscription period. So keep your EOL distributions going. Visit elsportal.com or click the link in the video description. The show is also brought to you today by... Hold on, i got to remove that thing. See Sonic. I'm just going to go ahead. You know what? I'm just going to copy the thing right over top. There, boom. See Sonic. They've got power supplies with up to 80 plus titanium efficiency, which is the highest level of 80 plus certification. Like we're talking between 91 to 94% efficiency at all times under any load. They've got their like super quiet fluid dynamic fan. They've got their premium hybrid fan control, which actually turns that super quiet fan off when you're not under heavy load to keep fan noise minimal and extend the lifetime of your fan. Hey, there's a benefit they actually don't even talk about. They've got their micro-tolerance load regulation, their 12-year warranty. That's right, Seasonic has up to 12-year warranties, and you can learn more on Seasonic's website or on Amazon at the link in the video description. Finally, 
The show is brought to you by one of our longest running sponsors, Private Internet Access. Yes, my friends, do not be confused. The rumors of us working with other VPNs have been grossly exaggerated. We work with PIA. Why? Because they have reliable service and no bandwidth caps. PIA offers configurable encryption and an internet kill switch to keep you in control of your connection. And when it's combined with private browsing best practices, PIA can even make websites think that you are in a different country. With PIA, you can connect up to 10 devices at once with a single account with clients for Windows, Mac OS, Android, iOS, and Linux. And they also recently launched, this is super cool, a dedicated IP option that has absolutely zero connection to your account or who you are. All it does is make it so you don't get so many annoying pop-ups that are verifying that you're an actual human, which you sometimes get when you're on a VPN. Uh, They've already got over 24,000 servers in 77 countries, and you don't have to take my word for it. Try PIA risk-free with their 30-day money-back guarantee at lmg.gg slash PIAWAN. We have some more great topics for you guys today, so don't go away. Uh, why don't we chat about... What about the, the thing? The thing? What thing? The thing. This thing. What thing? Uh, I don't, I'm not like a thousand percent sure... I have no idea what you're talking about. It's above, It's the first thing above the sponsors. The first thing above the sponsors. Oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. So the Verified Actual Gamer program is going real life. We have the details, guys. We've got the deets. So I talked about this last week. People are going to game against me. They're going to try and beat me. And if they win, they will not only be able to buy a GPU at MSRP, they will be able to buy a brand new GeForce RTX 30 series GPU at a discount. That's right, I am offering up discounts on RTX GPUs. All you have to do is go to the link in the video, uh, in the chat. I'm throwing on Floatplane first. Guys, you do have to be local. Do not cross a border. Do not violate any kind of travel restrictions in order to participate. We will be keeping the live event COVID safe. So it will actually be taking place at an undisclosed location. Of course, we will disclose it to the people who are participating. But at an undisclosed location outdoors in order to make sure that people are not breathing the same air. We will be sanitizing all the controllers and peripherals in between contestants. We will be keeping our physical distancing, and all of that good stuff. We are going to be running this in the safest possible manner, but you do have to be local, unfortunately. So sorry to everyone else, but I do have good news, and that is that EVGA has provided a ton of support for this event. So we will not only have GPUs available in person, we will have GPUs available online through the Gamer Gauntlet as part of the Verified Actual Gamer program. So I am super excited to bring you guys even more details. I've copied those links into the chats. Uh, you will have to beat me. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to reveal the exact games and exact challenges, but there is a platformer sort of versus challenge. There is an FPS gaming challenge, or there is a fighting game challenge, and you get to choose what battle arena you take me on in. Uh, oh, apparently we've got the full rules. You'll need to come prepared to buy a graphics card. And if you win the match, you will get 10% off MSRP. And then you will get a chance to double down. Okay? 
If you win the rematch, you will get 25% off MSRP. And if you lose the rematch, you still get a chance to buy, but it will be at MSRP. Oh. Yeah, spicy, hey? Oh, that's more than a double down, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to give people a chance, but but no, guys. Well, no, I'm just saying, because usually, like, you would go from 10 to 20, but you're going from 10 to 25. I want to so incentivize So that's, that's quite them. the juicy, uh, juicy thing to Because remember, I'm a devious mother. So there is no guarantee that I won't throw the first game and then try and talk you into <laughs> and the second. You. <laughs> oh my goodness. You better watch out. <laughs> so that's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, we actually also have an LTT store update, guys. I'll give that to you real quick. Our keyboard shirts are two for $30. Oh, the promo ooh. ends Sunday at 11.59. They're super high quality shirts. They've got keyboards printed on the front of them. They look great. I'm just going to go ahead and show you guys if you're not already familiar with this particular design. Keyboard shirts, where are they? There they are, keyboard shirts. They are available in all the usual colors. You got your black, you got your red, you got your blue, and of course, you got your brown keyboards. They are two for 30 until the end of day Pacific time Sunday. In other big news, the Pixel Watch has leaked. So John Prosser the sometimes accurate leaker and creator of Front Page Tech has worked with Ian Zelbo to create renders of the Google Pixel Watch based on Prosser's sources. Now, Wait, did, just one quick second before yes. you go into the next topic. Did you say we have brown key switch keyboards, mm -hmm. uh, pick shirts? Yeah. Okay, so, uh, I need everyone who knows him to to let Glarses know that we have some some stock of the the brown ones. Oh, Glarses. Glarsis. Glarsis is definitely, he's a big fan of Cherry MX brown keyboards okay. specifically. So he's going to want to buy maybe a, maybe a large stock of those. All right. Uh, so sorry, we can keep going. here's John's renders. Now, apparently John actually saw images, but in order to protect the source of the leak, he was not able to show the pictures. So instead, he actually went to the work. This is absolutely incredible. You guys are going to want to go watch his video over on Front Page Tech actually went to the work of creating renders based on the images he saw to show people what the Pixel Watch is going to look like. The one thing that John can't show us is if anyone is actually going to care, including <laughs> Google. Ooh, yeah. The project mm -hmm. is internally codenamed Rohan because maybe the idea is that the entire rest of the Android Wear ecosystem, excuse me, Wear OS ecosystem is failing and only Rohan can come to the rescue. Um, no, no one else will come to their aid. No one else will, yeah. <laughs> and, and Rohan will answer. Uh, so Prosser speculates that it may be powered by Google's in-house chips that the company has reportedly been developing. That kind of makes sense. At least I would hope so if they're going to be branding it Pixel because most Wear OS watches have been running on the same basic Qualcomm chipset, which is not <clears throat> particularly speedy since 2014. Now, the Snapdragon Wear 4100 did come out last summer, but watches that use it are few and far between. Prosser says we could see the Pixel Watch launch this fall with new Pixel phones, but... Mm, Actually, no, maybe. I mean, they acquired Fitbit in 2019. If you look at sort of typical hardware release timeframes, yeah, okay. Okay, well. Unless they've killed the project by then. Unless they've, kill unless they've killed the entire concept by then. <laughs> 
poor Stadia. You know, I actually did a video today talking about Stadia on the LTT oh. channel, believe it or not. So it's as crazy as it sounds, okay? Luke, here's the thing. You can't buy a graphics card. So... <laughs> Okay, okay. So were you, were you going over like different services that you can use? So that's the premise of the video. We went, we tried all of the ones that were reasonably attainable to get access to. Shadow Tech is technically a thing, but their waitlist is super ask. long. And they're oh, like, okay. uh, I, you know, whether or not they're actually rolling out new servers and taking on new customers seems sort of questionable at best right now. Right. So we tried all the main ones. We run through the pros and cons. We talk about sort of the latency responsiveness of them and boil it down to what we think is a solid recommendation for gamers who want a game but don't want to spend, you know, an extra. I think what it worked out to was I looked at the average sell price for an RTX 3070 on eBay compared to NVIDIA's published MSRP, and the difference was $850. And when you think about that, that's a lot of money, obviously, but then you drill into it and it's like, no, that is a lot of money. That is the difference between buying an RTX 3070 and a 3080. That is the difference between buying an RTX 3070 for yourself and your SO and buying just one for yourself. That's the difference between buying a high-end card like six years ago or not buying a graphics card at all. That's the difference between feeding a scalper and buying yourself a game streaming service for five years. That's, that's actually what I was just going to say is that that gap is probably enough that like if you just sell your current card use the money from that to power a game streaming service which i i don't like this to be completely clear and everyone watching that has been watching for a while probably knows that i'm just putting it out there just because someone else might yeah you can sell your current gaming card and ride on that until hopefully oh my goodness hopefully the silicon shortage goes away and we danced around that particular suggestion of just, you know, effectively scalping your current card and then riding on cloud gaming until it's Could time, be a terrible to re idea. time to rebuy it at half the price or whatever. But yeah. I'm sure people will, you know, come up with their own optimization strategies in terms of how to weather the current climate. And, and that, sorry. I, and I'm not going to lie if I didn't say, you know, that kind of thing would definitely have occurred to the me who didn't have easier access to hardware, right? Like, oh, yeah. it's yeah. it's a totally valid strat, right? And that could be a that could be a net benefit to people who are trying to get their hands on a graphics card. If we got a glut of supply from people that are just like, you know what, F it, I'm out, right? I'm out. I'm going to cloud gaming. That could actually help things return to a degree of normalcy. Is what I would say if I didn't believe that the supply situation was going to become even worse in the coming months. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to say, is like that strat might also just leave you in a few years with none of that money still remaining and graphics cards being in an even worse or just as bad spot, and now you're just stuck. I think <laughs> in a few years, it's unlikely that we will still be in the situation we're in today but I would be surprised if it's cleared up in a year. And I think I'll the say. pricing ramifications might stay. 
I I kind of suspect manufacturer is going to take advantage of that personally. You know, I wish I could say that I thought, I wish I could say I disagree, um, but I don't know if I can do that. I think in the longer term, it will return to normal. You look at hard drives, for example, they've had a lot of downward pricing pressure since they shot up around the time of the Thailand floods. Yeah. Um, but with that said, hard drives have also been overall a declining product category whereas graphics cards i don't think i don't think gaming is losing any popularity anytime soon so we they just might not be under the same kind of pressure and now that this new normal has been established where a high-end graphics card it starts at you know thirteen hundred dollars for not even the top tier we might be stuck with something similar for a long time our only hope go freaking figure is if Intel storms into the gaming GPU space and is legitimately competitive. Can you imagine that? Scrappy underdog Intel, because in that space they would be, coming in and restoring competition to a market that's dominated by a monopoly or duopoly. What timeline are we on, Luke? A, A bad one. I don't even know anymore. I can't play this game anymore. It's not fun. <laughs> so someone said that John tweeted out saying that the the watch has been canceled, but I couldn't find the tweet. Oh, all right. Well, um, duly noted. Take that for what it is. Yeah. So maybe look into that. Maybe don't. We're moving on. Speaking of people who don't want to play anymore and are moving on, <laughs> LG is out of the phone business. Yes. They are- Go, go ahead. Man, I hate that delay. We got to, the podcast set is almost done at the office. We got to go back to hosting this next to each other. I think there's just no way around it. I want my shot as soon as possible. I will be right in line for it. And do you have a timeline I, for yours? I think I'm pretty low on eligibility. Yeah. Right, um, cool. But yeah. Well, I, so my most, most interesting thing about this to me is going to be, I, I love that someone made these notes. So I'm going to be really excited to go through it. But in a second, we'll, we'll reminisce about the various important phones that that LG did release. And some of them are like pretty big deal. But uh, to go through the previous notes first, LG is the next company to pack its bags and leave the mobile phone business. There's been a lot over the last X amount of years. Uh, The company confirmed this week that we'll focus on electric vehicle components, connected devices, appliances, and more. LG has its hands in tons of different things. Oh, yeah. So LG is going nowhere. They're just out of the phone business. That's all. Uh, the phone division has been suffering from operating losses as, and has been looking at ways to move on. It doesn't say a time frame, but probably for a while. I think, I think the rumors been... have been circulating for literally years. Yeah. 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 Um, they've been trying to sell it, maybe split part of it off and sell just that or, or, or other various options. But it appears that they decided to just fail. Um, current smartphone owners should continue to get upgrades, uh, for an unspe- I'm assuming this is Android upgrades for an unspecified amount of time. The company claiming that Android 12 upgrade uh, will also be provided to some models. Existing inventory will remain available for sale. If you want to achieve your smartphone with a limited future, um, yeah. Although, yeah, I don't know. That's a little rough, but yeah. Anyways, going through the history of LG phones, um, there's a few here that I think were pretty important. Um, but I'm going to go through all of them. The LG is a bad name. The LG VX9400 
Uh, it was a flip screen predecessor to the LG Wing. It had integrated TV antenna for mobile video watching. These all have links. Are you going to open these up? I'm up there. Okay. That thing is is awesome. I remember that. <laughs> I definitely did not have one. <clears throat> but it was very interesting. Back <laughs> it was interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, the LG Prada, uh, the first all capacitive touchscreen phone announced less than a month before the iPhone. Um, the LG ENV or Kibo, this was a pretty big deal, flip out f- keyboard phone that had a lot of, that a lot of teenagers had before moving on to smartphones. I think this, yeah, this is not the one that I had, but it's, it's pretty similar. NV um, squared. Love it. <clears throat> that was, I'm back. And so is my voice. That was a, that was a pretty influential phone at the time. Now, here we go. The LG Nexus 4 and Nexus 5. They were decent, affordable phones with Android at its purest. The reasons why they land here is because, yeah, decent, affordable, and Android. These were in a lot of people's pockets. Yep. Nexus 4 and Nexus 5 were big. Those were, those were pretty major phones. Back I think when, the 4 more than the Google, 5. Like, seemed to, it's funny. Google has gone through a lot of different sort of phases in, as, they, as they've matured in the smartphone market. They went from... You know, we're just going to keep out of the hardware game to nobody's really doing this right. We're going to get involved to uh, like it needs to be Android needs to compete on being super affordable. Everything you need, nothing you don't to we want to get premium. We want to cost as much as an iPhone and justify it somehow to with this like pixel line. And then pixel got kind of bastardized somewhere along the way. It's like, yeah, it's a pixel, but like it's actually really cheap and it's everything you need and nothing you don't. I don't know. They just let's let's make fun of the headphone jack going away, and then take it away from our own phone, and then put it back on some of them. Yeah. And then ugh, who knows? Uh, and then their last hurrah. Sorry, nope. There's one more before that. The LG G5. This was another interesting phone. Replaceable battery and friends modular attachments. Also, the power button was was you know unreliable. But um, that was a. <laughs> That was a weird phone, but it was kind of cool. Um, yeah, that like slide out thing was yeah. super, honestly dumb. Um, <laughs> they they were trying. They were. They tried stuff. Uh, they definitely tried stuff, like the LG Wing, which they still have an official product page up for. <laughs> this thing is just really weird. Kind of want to grab one just as like a collector's item. Yeah, maybe. JK, no I, one will collect these. <laughs> I do like the LG often went pretty out of the box with things when it came to phones but and you know what i like is lg was one of the last bastions of caring at all about audiophiles who want to listen to high quality music on their phone over a wire um they they hung out longer than anyone else in spite of all the noise samsung made about supporting that user group lg actually did it for way way longer so massive respect to them for that um unfortunately it was not enough to keep them going yeah um and that's that's kind of it i i had a few lg phones throughout the years and i one thing that i always liked about all of them is they they felt kind of like tanks compared to most other um smartphones that i had used they survived through a lot of stuff um but yeah, they've kind of fallen from grace a little bit, and it's kind of sad to see them go. But they also haven't really been in very positive news for quite a while, so I'm not too surprised. So can we talk about Twitch? Twitch's new policy 
of monitoring streamers off platform yeah. and taking action against them on platform? Yeah, I honestly don't know enough about this, but it's it's interesting. It, it, it's I mean, we sort of saw this happen with a different platform, right? We saw this happen with Patreon, mm -hmm. and this was this was a, a really big blow up for Patreon. Um, but I think Twitch is trying to get more preemptive with it. So they're trying to set this up because Patreon's like they had they hadn't established precedent for that at all, and it seems right. like Twitch is trying to set this up beforehand. Um, so I won't say that they're trying to get out ahead of it. I would say they're trying to dig themselves out from behind a problem here. So let's run through what's happening here. So Twitch, for those not familiar, is a streaming service. Um, where a lot of gamers play a lot of video games and do a lot of other stuff, body painting or IRL type stuff. Let's just chatting kind of all, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So Twitch, you, you can kind of stream eating. You can stream pretty much anything these days. Yeah. Um, and what they're, they have all kinds of rules though. So even though you can kind of do anything, they do have rules for what you are not allowed to do. For example, Twitch streamers have gotten in hot water for doing all kinds of stuff on stream. I mean, we're talking like real bad stuff, spousal abuse, animal abuse, um, you know, inadvertent nudity, inadvertent nudity, both the kinds of inadvertent nudity. Um, but what they, okay, let's, let's go ahead though. So Twitch is a streaming platform, all right? And they've announced they will be monitoring streamers' activity, not just on platform for adherence to their code of contact, conduct, but also off platform. So Twitch's mods could come at you with one of two categories. Category one is you harassing someone. So what they say is verifiable off-service behaviors or statements that relate to an incident will be taken into account whether the incident took place on Twitch or somewhere else. Or category two, you do any of the following, deadly violence or violent extremism, terrorist activities or recruiting, explicit or credible threats of mass violence, leadership or membership in a known hate group, carrying out or being complicit in non-consensual sexual activities or sexual assault, sexual exploitation of children, including child grooming slash solicitation and distribution of underage sexual material, Actions that would directly and explicitly compromise the physical safety of the Twitch community and explicit or credible threats against Twitch, including Twitch staff. And the list is not exhaustive. So, so one thing about category two is at least yeah. the things that were listed there is it's basically crimes. Yeah, it's, it's all illegal. Um, as for how Twitch is going to prevent false reports and abuse, because... I don't know about you, Luke, That's but I think real. it's possible that within the gaming community, some people for various reasons might make false reports. Do you think that is possible within the broader gaming community? I don't know. I think, you know, maybe some people could stoop to that level, but... So, yeah, I know that's going to be pretty intense. So apparently, Twitch says that all claims are to be substantiated before any action related to the user's report is taken. An action will only be taken where a preponderance of evidence exists. I don't know if that means beyond all reasonable doubt, you know, like how it would if this was a legal proceeding or not, but whatever a preponderance of evidence is, and no action will be taken while an account is still under investigation. 
accounts submitting large amounts of frivolous reports or encouraging others to do the same will be suspended. And now I guess we get into the part where we're talking about how this came to be. One quick second. Yeah. Preponderance of evidence, uh, related content, the standard of proof commonly used in civil litigation. So would it, would it, would it stand up in court? All right. But then who is the actual judge of that? Are they a lawyer? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. So anyway, um, where is this coming from? There's, so there's a lot of reasons for people to be upset about this because basically Twitch has now moved beyond... They're, they're a private platform, but they have moved their policing beyond their private platform where ultimately you can kind of say, well, look, um, you know, your, your toy, your rules. So, you know, fine. But now they're basically saying, well, our rules extend beyond the use of our toy and to the use of other toys. I think that everything that they've got listed is uh, pretty fair and a pretty valid reason to de-platform someone. But I think where many people are getting caught on this, or not caught, but many where many people are getting upset about this is um, that there does appear to be at least the possibility of a slippery slope and the possibility yeah. that Twitch is pl- could play the role of judge, jury, and executioner. Um, I mean, they already have, In though. a way they're not like, qualified like, to. Twitch yeah, is but that, mods. But that precedence is there. They, they asked uh, Dr. Disrespect. Well, we don't know why, though. So we don't know that they didn't have a fantastic reason. And I think if... If he's to be believed, he doesn't either. No, I don't think he ever said that. I think what he said is that Twitch didn't tell him. I don't think he ever actually said he doesn't know. Okay. So um, don't quote me on that, but I doubt that he has no idea. I just don't buy it. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's my hot take. That's my hot take on that. Um, but the bigger issue here, aside from just the, the, there's a slippery slope kind of argument to be made is that Twitch's history of enforcement is, um, spotty at best, even of the rules and guidelines that they already have for their own site, let alone off platform. And I think they're, they have a trust problem among the community that makes it hard to take them seriously. Like they're actually going to be going about this in good faith and applying these rules consistently. The problem is that I don't see what choice Twitch has because here's another hot take that may, may may get me into some trouble. People might not agree with this, but I think that Twitch's back is kind of against a wall here. I think they have to do this because Twitch has a different image problem. Twitch ends up being this nexus of controversy more often than I think just about any other online platform. And I don't know what it is. The nature of live streaming, the nature of the gaming community, the nature of the Twitch community in particular, the way that (laughs) the Twitch audience is so dialed into social media and things get amplified. I don't know what it is. But if Live chats an, are harder, harder to moderate. If, if there is an online controversy, the odds that it stems from Twitch TV is higher really than high. the odds yeah. that it stems from almost anywhere else with maybe the exception of YouTube. And so for the sake of protecting its own brand and 
the credibility and brand of the streamers who do play by the rules and not engage in terrorist activities or sexual exploitation of children, yada, yada, that I entire I suspect list. people aren't going to be too concerned about Category 2 existing. I think people are only really going to be concerned about Category 1 existing. So either way, either way, in order for Twitch to protect their own brand, and not just their own brand, but the brand of the people who use the platform, I don't see yeah. what choice they had. Because as a YouTuber, this is, this is kind of like, a, it's something I don't talk about often. But as a YouTuber, people have kind of in their mind what a word like that means. Um, you know, whether it's the word influencer or YouTuber or Twitch streamer. There is a certain kind of um, generalization that takes place about any group of people. And it's never right to do, but it always happens, whether we like it or not. And so as a YouTuber, personally, every time I read in the news that some famous YouTuber was sexting with a minor again, I'm sitting here going, all right, well, that's another sort of side eyes glance that I'm going to have to see when I'm in mixed company and I say, yes, I'm a YouTuber. And people are like, oh, right. Those web personalities that abuse their positions of power and groom minors for sexual favors. Cool. Huh. I wonder, you know, uh, is he is he scouting out the minors at this or, or is he like right friends now? Like, with that person or or whatever else? Because there's there's other stuff too. Yeah. And so I understand why they are doing it, but the thing is too, as an online creator, I have an inherent distrust of the platforms that we are reliant on, be it Twitch or YouTube or actually Floatplane's all right. Good job, Luke. Floatplane's cool. Hey. Uh, but I have this inherent distrust of these platforms because their enforcement standards are so inconsistent that we just don't know what to freaking expect from them. So I don't see what choice Twitch had, but I'm also made extremely uncomfortable by this move. So I just don't really know how to feel. There, that is the long and short of it. Yeah, I, I, there's definitely makes me uncomfortable. But at the same time, if if you saw a this is way 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 smaller scale, but say you're watching uh, a, a live stream, uh, a Kyle live stream. Sure, like Bitwit Kyle. Bitwit Kyle, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a new live streaming thing. I think it's called Workhorse, but with yep. the vowels taken out or something like that. So is it, so you're watching Workhorse. And you're having a great time. You're enjoying it. And then somebody jumps in chat and just starts popping off. Sure. Racism, sexism, swear words, sure. very vulgar stuff, trying to recruit people to, I don't know, terrorist organizations, whatever sure. other things are in that list. Um, would you, if you knew that person was on the forum, would you want to ban them from the forum? I would want to, but it is against our policy at this time to take any kind of action against people on the forum that based on incidents that took place off the forum. So I get this is another way of me copping out and saying I see both sides of this one. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't have I don't have a good solution to that because if this person is on their best behavior, onlineistechtips.com, and does nothing but help people configure their computers properly and obeys our site, you know, guidelines, which is effectively, you know, be excellent to each other and don't be a dick, right? 
then what am I supposed to say? See, already we've got a mixed response to this. Ferna182 says, I would 100% support banning those people. And Blue Sky says, it's a bad idea. It's like, there you go. We are 50-50 already in the floatplane chat. It took like eight seconds. Verification's a problem. Is this actually the same person? Of course. Um, there, there's there's lots of other problems there. There's also the potential problem of, I mean, that's that's Kyle's channel and I chose Kyle for a reason. It's actually fairly likely that some of Kyle's audience might be on Delta T forum. There's some crossover there. So yeah, absolutely. that person may have attacked or offended or whatever deeply, like in, in very brutal, not okay ways, um, people that are on the forum. Yep. And they might run into them on the forum. And then those other people are expected to be civil with that person now on this other medium. Like it, it, it the waters get really kind of gross. Um, so Gatorade yeah. OW says grooming is something very much more present in music and cinema than online creators. And that's fair enough. I mean, if you know, you want to talk about sort of, um, you want to talk about sort of whether it's celebrity culture or whether it's, uh, you know, big business where lots of money is being made, culture, you know, whatever. We could we could have those conversations, but the reality of it is, as as news coverage and as news consumption shifts online, there is an inherent reporting bias towards creators online. There's also just like it's it's also more shocking because with like some movie star or athlete, you don't think you have a personal relationship with them. You don't think you know who they are. And in some ways they are already viewed through that lens of like, oh, well, they're probably a Hollywood elite or they're probably like a scumbag athlete who goes to the club and gets a bunch of COVID and spreads it amongst their teammates or whatever the case may be. Like you already kind of have these preconceptions. Whereas this image shift with online creators is only taking place over the last few years as they get big enough and influential enough to start engaging in these sorts of behaviors. I mean, the reality of it is that people who are going to do these things are out there waiting for the opportunity. It's just a matter of now it's happening and now it's shocking because YouTubers and Twitch streamers, they're so much more accessible and so much more directly engaged with their audiences that I think it. I think it just like when when that whole thing happened with uh, Shay. What's his What's his last name from the Shay Tards? Um, Shay Carl. Yeah, Shay Carl, where he was like sexting a. Uh, oh man, I forget. I don't think I even know about this. While while you try to look that up, I was I was just gonna say like, said they brought up the music and yeah whatever other thing. Um, I I think it's gonna be essentially anywhere where someone has a large amount of especially cultural influence over young people yep the people that have these nefarious intentions i keep looking into my webcam it's the new camera sorry i'm not used to looking up there people that have these nefarious intentions are likely going to look to try to abuse those routes like we very unfortunately saw it blow up in the competitive gaming scene Um, i know super smash bros got gutted for a bit there and i was i would there's a couple super smash bros pros that i like like to follow on twitter and there was a few weeks there where i was like Please don't. Please don't, <laughs> like, friend. I don't. I don't want like. I'm. I'm just hoping the like the like two or three yeah. people that I follow in this space don't end up being complete scumbags. That would be fantastic. And it's so <laughs> much more upsetting when it's someone that you like thought you knew. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like when your neighbor turns out to be a serial killer versus when <laughs> someone who like 
lives on the other side of the country as a serial killer or whatever. You almost feel that because there's a there's even if it's really small, there's some modicum of trust there. Absolutely. You, you like this person, you follow them on social media, you follow their actions, you follow them through tournaments, You're whatever else. You're invested in them. You're invested. And then when they turn out to be just a piece of, I don't have the bleep button, um, it sucks. And it like, it, yeah. it, you feel it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's pretty much it for the show for today. I do need to go through some super chats for y'all. Thanks, Parker Reed. Thanks, It's Red Shadow. Um, only going to be able to go a few, go through a few of them. Thanks, Joe. We're working real hard on verified actual gamer program. Uh, Papa says, what happened to the prototype screwdriver? I don't know. Uh, Scott says, is there a chance you can have previous gamer gauntlets on their own website for people who just want to try and complete it? Um, we are leaving everything offline as often as we can, just so that uh, people don't poke around at it. Um, so not at this time, but there's nothing to say that we couldn't resurrect them all at the end or something like that. Is that doable, Luke? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Super Luigi. People want to just do the quizzes. Like, yeah, people just we, want to do the quizzes. Um, we could probably find a solution for that. Um, Super Luigi says, got my stuff from LTT store today. Thanks. Love it. Keep up the great work. Uh, Michael B says, please shill for Lewis Rossman's GoFundMe for right to repairs, uh, for the right to repair law direct ballot initiative. Uh, yes, consider this shilling, but we also have a video coming on LTT. We didn't get it filmed this week, unfortunately. Um, the writer who worked on it, uh, I think by the time it comes out, they'll still be on probation, so I won't be calling them out specifically. So you'll never know who it was. But they brought it to my office, and I basically said, this needs to go back to the kitchen, and we shot something else instead. Uh, so we are doing a video. It just didn't get done on time. I'm sorry. Uh, Phantom says, New Zealand has everything in stock at MSRP. Well, enjoy that, but remember your MSRP is like crap compared to everywhere else, so, um, <laughs> sorry, New Zealand. Uh, uh, Parker Thomas, look, you started it. Parker Thomas says, hey, Linus, I didn't get a chance to engage last week about right to repair, but I work for Redacted, a Japanese equipment company, and the right to repair issue is just as big there as it is in electronics. I believe you. Good luck, Lewis. Uh, Dubcraft says, do you have any tips for getting a GPU? Well, you can pay way too much, or you can wait for a verified actual gamer program drop. Uh, unfortunately, I don't really have any tips other than that. Vishnu says, I've been watching The WAN Show for nearly two years. Watched most of the back catalog, too, simply because it's good fun. Luke is the best. There you go, Luke. Hey. Uh, hey says, Tell us more about your motorcycle, Linus. Um, you know, I was going to upgrade. I actually, did I, did I tell you about this, Luke, how I went to the dealership? Uh, no. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I guess we're getting into Linus story time. I was so sure that I was going to be buying myself a Zero SRS motorbike. So this is their uh, top-of-the-line, like, sporty freaking zero to 60 in three and a half seconds or whatever crazy thing. What What's the, what's the zero to 60 on this stupid thing? So you want to be the cool dad? Control F60. Hey, I am the cool dad at this point because uh, we actually geared up my son and he's ready to start riding on the bike with me. That's so pretty cool. I'm That's stoked. actually pretty sweet. I'm stoked. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I was all set to buy a Zero SRS. Uh, they had one in stock that was the color I liked. It had the options I wanted. I even took out the money. Like I had cash money in my pocket. I was going to buy this thing sight unseen. So I get there, I basically sit on it, and I'm like, yep, seems pretty comfortable. All right, I'm going to do it. And Yvonne's like, 
are you serious right now? Like, you're not going to, you have to test drive it. I'm like, no, nah, it's comfortable. She's like, test drive it. I'm like, okay, fine, fine, fine. So the reason I didn't want to do it, that's good advice. The reason I didn't want to do it was because I was in the mood to do something impulsive. My bike is from 2003. I kind of was like, you know what? I'm treating myself to a motorcycle. I'm just going to do it. Um, So I had basically made the decision. Anyway, it's good advice. You should always do that because what happened to me might happen to you. Now, I hadn't wanted to bug them about it because normally, especially in COVID times, you're expected to book a test drive like a few days in advance so they can get everything ready and book a slot for you and all that. Uh, good luck for me. The the tech in the showroom happens to be an LTT fan. So he was <laughs> like, so she was like, look, can you can you test drive it? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to like bug them. And he's like, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll get it ready for you right now. And I'm like, heck yeah. Thank you. And <laughs> it saved me. 25,000 Canadian dollars because I got on it and absolutely hated it. Why? So here's the thing. I drive an electric car, right? Um, And I miss my manual transmission once in a while, but I, you know, I never thought of myself as like, you know, you know, you know, I need that that engine noise. I need that rumble kind of person because I've driven high performance vehicles like I the Lamborghini, whatever the crap, Ferrari, whatever on a track. Um, I you know, whenever people buy new cars at Linus Media Group, it's it's uh, it's kind of funny. A lot of them want me to drive it like just to like try it out. And I, I like it. I like just trying things out. So I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. So, like, I've driven Brandon's Model X. Um, I've driven, oh, man. I, I've driven Alex's Fiesta. Um, I've driven, like, I've driven a handful of, like, you know, cool, fun cars. Um, I've dr- Oh, I drove my, uh, my in-law's Model Y extensively because I borrowed it after I bought it for them. And I just, I've never cared. It just, it's like, yeah, it was, I don't know. It's got four wheels. Who cares? Um, but here's the thing. I don't drive a car for fun. I drive a car to get from point A to point B. I drive my motorcycle for fun. So I had this, oh, moment when I got on an electric bike that dramatically outperforms my mere, you know, 650cc sport bike. Um, just, just like, it's, it's a completely different class of vehicle, but in spite of how fast I was going, it just wasn't fun for me. So I finally understand the car people who drive cars for fun. This is why they don't care about Model 3 or Model Y or anything with a battery in it that doesn't make the noise. And I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I want the, the room room, man. Come on. I, I was a bit of a hater about that viewpoint before. I was like, whatever, who cares? Um, but part of that whatever, who cares, was because I really just am whatever, who cares when it comes to something that's on four wheels. Um, so what I decided to do was we took some of that money and I fixed up the bike. I got a new chain. Um, I got the valves checked. It was kind of overdue. I like basically did like a complete service on the bike, got new tires, um, got gear for the boy. So I did end up spending a couple G's, but it certainly was a lot less than that zero. And honestly, I am way happier just having my bike back and running like the day I got it. 
even though it's a 2003 and uh, I don't regret it at all. Do you know that I, I've I've rode on a moped with Dennis when Dennis was driving, not me? I believe you. And I have done the same thing and I don't envy you. <laughs> That's not imagine, fun. Imagine that, imagine that, but him trying to turn with me on the back. So the time I did it, me and Colton were on the back. <laughs> so I think between the two of us, we weigh about as much as you. I, man, I miss Taiwan so much. Me too. I can't wait to go back. Oh. Kenneth asks, will you be using the gold controller during the Verified Actual Gamer Challenge? Probably not. It's worth so much. I'm like afraid to take it out of the vault, man. I, I don't know. I want someone to just buy it from me, but I keep kind of mentioning it in videos and people keep not offering to buy it. <laughs> Maybe I underestimated like how many oil princes are out there who just want to own a golden Xbox controller. Um, okay, what else oh. we got here? Miner says, Miner Illusion, LMO, LMAO, I'm in lol, like you guys would even notice I'd be there. I see you. I've been a gamer for 40 years. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, Cage says, I just want to thank LMG. Your videos helped me build a new PC after my first one died. I hope to one day rebuild it in my dad's honor, even though he never got into gaming beyond Bejeweled. He understood it was my passion and supported me 100%. Sweet. Thanks, cool. Cage. Um... All right, John Allen Short says, please, if you can explain how the link, how the Verified Actual Gamers link worked in the most recent video. Oh, it was um, 12 Zen 3 everything. So in the video, I like put up my fingers when I was giving the information for what was going to be in the link. Uh, Phantom says, I'm using Starlink to watch this on my yacht in the Bahamas. <laughs> Casual ultimate endgame flex much? Buy the Xbox controller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Phantom. <laughs> you want a golden Xbox controller for your yacht? Uh, Nathan says, Steve. All right, thanks, Nathan. It costs you $20 to send the message Steve to Thank my chat. Uh, Phantom says, I plugged Starlink into my private jet, and now 12-hour flights feel like five hours. You are so full of shit because that's not how it works. Not how it works. <laughs> Gabriel asks, are you ever going to do when hoodies again? Ah, Gabriel, we have an office tour coming, which is, it took so long to film, Luke. Our office is literally double the size that it was when we first moved in there. I didn't really realize. Pretty big. It is literally. It also, like, is extremely different. And I tease the WAN Show Hoodie V2 in it. Ooh, Don't miss the video. Um, Gareth says, is your verified gaming thing happening in Australia too? Yeah, it's totally available in Aus. You just have to uh, watch the video, uh, same as everyone else when it launches. Not the local one. Yeah, no, not the local one. I'm not flying to Australia. As safe as it might be there, says Gabe Newell. Although I think he's in New Zealand. All right, that is it for the WAN show for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Sorry, I was late. <clears throat> uh, we'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. In my defense, I was late because water was going to spill onto an RTX 3090 and we really had to finish the video or we would risk the 3090. I don't think anyone wants us to risk a 3090, okay? Yeah. Agreed. It, that, okay. Don't miss that video. It involves putting a car radiator like bolted to the top of a computer case and putting like nine fans on it and stuff. Hey, we've kind of done that. Yeah, uh, this is bigger. Just really, really poorly. Uh, yeah. okay. Oh, no, we did it worse. <laughs> You did it worse? Do you remember mine? I do, and we did it worse. 
Oh, okay. Wow, that's actually... I'm genuinely impressed. Yeah, I don't know how that's possible. Don't miss it. It's like actual water dripping down around an RTX 3090. It's terrible. Oh. Anthony Goodley, uh, good comment. Like they would sell the diamond play button PC. That's too personal. Yes, we would not sell the diamond play button PC. That is, that's my PC, yo. Everything has a price. Mm, okay, try me. Make a legit offer and then no, I'm not making it. You know, I'm not making it. You have to actually give me the money. Why would I buy it? I'm not, I don't want to buy it. I don't know. I don't know. Make me an offer. I, I, just, I, I didn't say I was willing to buy anything. I said anything has a price. Ah, I see. I see yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Just yeah. cheap, cheap words. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, they are. 